welcome to our very first episode of our new podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, before we begin, uh, allow us to introduce ourselves. We are Phil and Jen, hence the name of this podcast, Phil and Jen. And um, we have been married for 18 years. We dated for five years before that, so it's technically 23 years. We've got three boys um, and we live in Southern California. Um, and we love uh, working together. We've worked together as a team for a couple of decades um, in different capacities. And so we're excited to do this podcast together as a team. Um, and we want to just introduce to you what this first season is going to be all about. Yeah. This first season is called Imagining That, which does not yet exist. And the first episode is called Reimagining. And it's just really about how do we take a look at our lives in this unique season that we're all in after this long pause that we've had with the pandemic, with all the things that have happened in the last several years. And how do we take a look at our lives and examine them and decide what we want for ourselves moving forward. So it's really about reimagining the lives that we want to have. And we're coming at this in a unique way for us in that we have created this whole first season and we're dropping it in two chunks. Um, this is the first chunk that's dropping now. And then in a couple of weeks, we'll drop the other half of the season. But all of these episodes um, collectively are going to lead up to some events that we're going to do. I'd love to share a little bit more about one in particular. So there's several experiences and events that we'll be offering. There's a marriage retreat you're going to hear more about um, in a few episodes. Uh, there's an event we're doing in the fall, um, actually in October in Costa Mesa, California, um, called How to Set the Bible Free. You're going to be hearing more about that in another episode. But this one, um, How to Reimagine Your Life. And that really is building off of this entire season of this this podcast that we're doing right now. And the reality is we're in like a really unique time, just globally, where so much of life has been disrupted. So much has shifted from obviously the pandemic and this massive upheaval. And we all know that we're not going back to the way that things were. And we have this very unique opportunity for like a, a full chance to evaluate your life and, and, and evaluate the way that we do and approach everything from our work to like spirituality, to our pace, our mental health. Um, like the, like everything is, is um, being put on the table in some ways so that you could evaluate what is the life that you have? What life do you want to live? And how do you take steps towards actually living that life, which is why we're calling it imagining that which does not yet exist because there's what our lives look like now. And then there's a dream of what they could be. And it's really hard to imagine something that doesn't exist yet. And that's what the reimagining um, events are going to be about how to reimagine your life. It's going to be about essentially um, how do we take hold and step forward coming out of this massive global transition um, into the life that you want to, to live. And so with that, we're going to be doing it in three locations this fall. The first is Costa Mesa on September 18th. The second is Oceanside on October 9th. And the third is Santa Cruz on October 16th. You can find all the info and register for the events at philandjenwood.com. So check it out. And now for episode one. Several years ago, as a pastor, I got invited by a friend who was running a therapy group. And they had this experimental idea to do free group therapy 
therapy as a way of supporting local pastors. I got invited to be part, and we were brought into a room with one of the therapists in the group named Kevin. And we didn't know each other coming in. And so we essentially just got to share around the room in like a support sort of setting and encourage each other. And then the therapist would obviously chime in and encourage us as we go, which I mean, it's pretty standard group therapy if you've been there before. Um, This group is pastors talking about kind of pastoral experiences in our lives. And as we got to know each other and we all got a little bit more vulnerable, I remember one particular day that I like let my guard down and I was going through a lot at the time. There's, I mean juggling a lot of things and had a lot of experiences and um, I just like let it all out. I remember just sharing like, yeah, I'll, I'll share. And when it was my turn and as I shared, I remember there was like looks around the room and some people were kind of wide eyed and some people were shaking their heads, like some in disbelief, some in like, yeah, I've been there before. And it was this funny kind of moment, but I realized it was, it was quite a thing I was dropping. But I mean, to me, it felt like I was like talking about lunch on Tuesday or something. It was just that much a part of my life. But like, I kind of caught myself in the moment and I, I tried to soften it as I finished my share by saying, but you know, that's just life, right? And all the guys chuckled like Jen just did. And then uh, the therapist, Kevin, he stopped me and he just really softly leaned in and he's like, that's a life, but that's not life. And it was just silence, like a big old truth bomb. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) It it like rocked me and I didn't know what to say to it because I'm used to therapists or people or just like, keep going, it's okay. And it was this beautiful moment that didn't feel that beautiful at that time where he was saying, yeah, there's, this is a life and this is a way and this is an experience and this is a way to hold it and do it and to give yourself to the world. But it's not the only way. Don't call that life. Like, there's a lot of ways this thing could go. And I remember coming home. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that really clearly. I was mad. I was actually mad. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, do you know how rare that is, a moment like that? Just to be able to kind of zoom back on your life and take a look almost like from the, you know, the 30,000 foot view or whatever, just to go like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was mad because it's funny in those moments. Like <laughs> I couldn't, even, I didn't quite realize why I was mad. I'm like, these people are wasting my time. And I ended up telling Jenna, I think I'm going to quit this group. It's a waste of time. I don't feel good coming home from it. <laughs> and I ended up emailing Kevin and I'm like, yeah, this isn't working for me. This group's dumb anyway. I'm, I'm out of here. It's dumb anyway. I'm busy. Um, <laughs> But it was the greatest gift that I've, I've never thanked Kevin. Kevin, thank you, wherever you are. I should probably email you as well. But like, it was the greatest gift because you know how rare it is, like you just said, like to be able to zoom out and see that and then to even realize it like, mm. oh, this is one way of doing things, but there's, there's other ways. Yeah, it was disrupting. Just like, I mean, we've been in globally it's like a massive, massive moment like that right now. It's like right now the whole world is in this moment of like we kind of all zoomed out in this last year with all of the pandemic, obviously. It's like Kevin just boomed from the sky. <laughs> world, <laughs> that is one way, but it is not the only way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we. I mean, everything's been put on pause for this long year and a half, essentially. 
And when we talk about imagining that which doesn't exist, the difficult part as we're coming out of this and we're moving forward is like, it's hard to imagine that which doesn't exist yet. Like that's the really difficult thing. It's really easy to put your head down and keep grinding in what you know are like your routines. But when you have to re-envision and recreate or like consider doing it differently, that's, that requires a tremendous amount of energy that's actually like difficult. Yeah. And that's, I mean, right now, I think a lot of people are talking about how things aren't going back to normal and, you know, we're entering this new world and, and it's interesting because there's almost this like doom and gloom that this feeling of like, dun, 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 like things aren't going to go back. And it's, and I think there is a lot to grieve. Like we've lost a lot in this last year, but it's almost like nothing is going back, but it was ever it was only ever going forward in the first place, you know? So it's kind of funny that we all feel this way. But I think that there's this opportunity in it. Like we have this invitation right now and this opportunity to reimagine what life could look like going forward. And because we were put on pause for so long and because so many things I think were brought to the surface that were just, that needed to come to the surface. Now we're getting to like have these really great conversations around politics and around like social structure and around our personal lives and the way we do work and the way we do spirituality mental health, and like everything right and now with the yeah. economy and politics. Education. And- so this episode is about reimagining, and I think it's worth the definition. So if imagining is forming a mental picture of something that doesn't yet exist, reimagining is forming a mental picture of something and how it can be different. And so I think because it doesn't exist yet, we're not obviously not sure what it's going to be, but that's where the opportunity lies. And I think we get this unique opportunity to live into it and even shape it. And I really think the question is, what do we want our lives and our world to be going forward? And there was already a transition happening. I think it was already in motion. The pandemic, what it did is it just sped it up. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've been talking about this for years. We've been nerding out on this stuff forever. Um, Historically, there's these big shifts that happen. It's like our world and our culture goes to these big cycles that it's like roughly every 500 years, uh, one author, Phyllis Sickle, calls it like, like there's an attic sale of all of our understanding of God and the world and how we structure ourselves and everything around it. Um, that around like every 500 years, we we sort of open everything up and go... Well, that worked for a while, but the way that we all held that doesn't work for us anymore. And now we're going to rethink it and reshape it. And the whole world gets reshaped accordingly. And you really do see it. Yeah. It's wild if you look back through history, the way it consistently, it's right around that same time, every 500 years. Absolutely. And you can see it through the scriptures, but it isn't just like a Bible scripture church thing. It's, It's like a symbiotic whole world thing where like culture, politics economy, religion, church, like it's all like all tied up together and one thing shapes all the other things and they're all quite integrated because that's what life is, right? Mm, Of course. Um, But it's it's fascinating because it it doesn't just happen like overnight. It's not like you hit around 500 years and like, well, I guess we'll start (laughs) over. Um, Throw that out. Yeah. It's like as things begin to come into question. It's almost like a time of deconstruction. The way that like uh, one author, Phyllis Tickle, describes it is that there's these sort of stages within each of these cycles. And she says, um, there's like, 
she describes it like a reformation that happens when things are reformed and changed, but she says it's slow. And she actually says, um, there's like a, like a 150 year period, which is like the beginning of it. And she calls Mm -hmm. it like a Perry reformation where it's essentially a time of deconstruction where things begin to be questioned. And as, as things are growing and evolving and changing, it's like, I don't know if this works the same. I don't know if we hold this the same, like, but across the board. Um, and then that, time comes to a close around like 150 years and then after that is this new like emergence of a new world that happens it takes around 100 years to really solidify and then you know for the other 250 years we're like what are you talking about this is just Mm -hmm. the way the world is life as yeah this is as is like yeah and if you yeah look at historically our peri-reformation started around 1900 and you see it in all of these like deconstruction movements across the board, whether that's through scripture and the rise of like fundamentalism and the rise of like liberalism, or you see it in like, um, like in art, a lot of the movements in art um, and deconstruction of art and modern art happen around that time where you can see it in terms of like politics and sort of these challenges in that, that globalization versus tribalism. You, you see it in like these shifts that are happening um, in terms of spirituality. I mean, we see shifts that are happening in terms of like all the rights movements and human rights movements that have been taking place or um beautiful yeah i mean like like even economy that there's economists that are writing articles saying um comparing like cryptocurrency in these new sort of revolution that is just beginning to happen even how el salvador now has adopted bitcoin as a official currency um they were comparing that to the Reformation and what happened to the economy back then, hmm. which is which is fascinating. That like yeah. not even church people. So there's these like huge shifts that are happening, and if you follow that in 2021, I mean, in the next like what like 30 years, we're gonna see that the time of deconstruction has come to an end, and it's a time of now reimagining hmm. of what it could be, which is a really like exciting time. Um, it's like a a new way of embodying. In fact, um, Arthur Miller, the famous author who wrote the death of a salesman wrote an essay for New York magazine. And he said, an era can be considered over when its basic illusions have been exhausted for a lot of people. A lot of the ways that the old world was working, wasn't working for them. And for some people it still is, Mm. but for a lot of that, and, and, and that's the push and the pull, but like. Like, if you look at the speed up of what's happened. Yeah, I mean, with a pause that long, people are really reflecting on their lives and they're asking big questions. I mean, we're seeing things like they're calling it the Great Migration, where people are moving across, you know, the country to whole different places. And it's massive, yeah. They're quitting their jobs and they're doing other jobs. And May was, I think, the biggest month of in the history yeah. that where people have actually just quit i read that their jobs more people quit their jobs in may than any other month in recorded history ever yeah it's wild and i mean we have a friend who works for for google and he they basically like made up a term but he's like you can't localize us so they moved across the country and they're not moving back well i remember asking him and he he works here in california but he moved across the country saying what happens after the things this pandemic is over and we have to come back to the office and sure enough, Google, they just came out with a thing. We're not localizing people. Yeah. You can you can work remote. <laughs> yeah. And so it's wild. Things are, are shifting so much. And even the way that we do our shopping. I mean, I 
I would go to the grocery store before the pandemic. And now, I mean, I'm used to just ordering things online. I've gotten really comfortable with that. You know, you go to places like Chipotle, you can order your whole meal online and just drive up and pick it up and it's, it's ready for you. Our road trip <laughs> dramatically. It was it was amazing. We're like, this is this is like we don't even have to stop. We just keep driving. This well, is it's so great. It's interesting because things are being so shifted and moved and adjusted like in real time. Yeah, I mean obviously even the way that our children have done school and with the online distance learning and we had to quickly pivot, but it, I think it's going to change the way that education looks forever. Things are shifting. I mean, there, yeah. there's an article that came out two days ago in the Washington Post called Shifting Economy Leaves Americans in Limbo. And um, they're saying how while things are reopening quickly, it is nothing like what it was before to the point that the Federal Reserve Chair, Jerome Powell, acknowledged the uncertainty of this and said, this is an extraordinarily unusual time, and we really don't have a template or any experience of a situation like this. We have to be humble about our ability to understand the data, a.k.a. we got no idea what's going on. (laughs) There's a new world emerging, and we're having to figure it out as we go. Or or even like church, because remember, in the, the shifts, the 500 years, it's an integrated church world altogether thing and i think um some of the new statistics about people are just oh yeah it's wild they're just showing like like in the la times an article came out a few months ago on the the newest statistics sort of post-covid about how the old way of doing church and spirituality and relating to god just isn't working for a lot of people they're seeing 47 percent of Americans for the first time a minority would consider themselves part of a monotheistic religion like combined 47% or like now 33% one in 3 consider themselves nuns which are like spiritually hungry but un and uh, connected but uninterested in affiliating with any form of sort of official um religion or um even of those who would still consider themselves Christian, 30% said they'll never attend church again. And even of those who do attend church, the numbers before COVID were like, they go to church like 1.9 times a month. And, and there's, um, I've seen conservatively 29% and even more um, aggressively 50% of pastors right now are considering seriously or have already left, which which just shows that like, it's easy to be like, oh, everything's changing, or there's this birth of a new world. Mm-hmm. It's exciting in some ways. Like I feel this great privilege that we're in this tiny little window. Like you're talking this Perry Reformation, this like, would you say, thirty years, yeah. essentially, where we get to be part of shaping the thing going forward. As if, I think for like our kids and for our grandkids and the generations to come, like. Gosh, what a privilege. And it's exciting to think about. Yeah. The time of deconstruction has passed and the time to reimagine a new future and way in life and embodiment of this life is is here. That's like, to me, that's, that's like really exciting. We're reimagining as we move into a new world, which um, again, it has to have you ask the question as we're at this stage, as we all step into this new space that we find ourselves in. Like, are we just recreating the old world 
Mm. And be like, how quick can we get back to our whatever? Mm-hmm. Or are we actually reimagining what it could be? Like, do we see the catalyst as something that put the brakes on us getting back? Or is the, the, the pandemic um, like the catalyst launching us forward? Well, what's interesting is that in moments like this, I think that we as humans want to, it's like the the law of inertia. Like we, we want to drift back to a, our original path. And yeah. I think that's just what's comfortable. And yeah. it's almost like, I think when we see something that's, that's broken, we want to just like put a patch on it or like, mm. you know what I mean? Just like fix quick it. fix it, right? quick fix it. Instead of, and, and I think we can almost like a, delude ourselves in that. Like, eh, it's not that broken. It's really not that bad, right? Like, let's yeah, just, just kind of patch it up so we can get back to what was going on before. It's normal. And I think this is like what's going on with our nation right now. I mean, I think we're tempted as people to just kind of like put a patch on it. Like, oh man, I see that all these things are so broken but we don't know what to do with it. It's really overwhelming. Let's just kind of put a patch on it and get back to the way that it was. You know what I mean? Like, let's go back to life. Let's go back to our schedules, the sports, the office, like go back to the- To the building. Like, yeah, whatever it is. And you know, the Christian majority before all this stuff was brought to light, like- (laughs) Yeah, it's like, can we get back to power and privilege the way that it was? Yeah, and I think the invitation right now is to not- just slap a patch on it i think the invitation is to reimagine a better way let's be curious let's reimagine what could be both for you know individually and as a society it's so interesting and it's so hard it just it's change is hard and it's really hard to own it because we don't know what we're stepping into i mean the the chair that i just read from the economy is like we have no idea. <laughs> like, how hard is that to be quoted Great. for that in yeah. an interview? I mean, that's his job. Yeah. And in, in a lot of ways, it's like a death. Yeah. It's, that's the best analogy that I have. Um, my dad uh, died a few months ago, which I realized that's like, um, yeah. It was, that's what it was. It was a, it was earth shattering for us. Yeah. Yeah. In November. And I got the privilege with my two brothers. Um, of my dad, my dad's three sons. We have a complex family. That's why I'm saying it that way. My dad's <laughs> three sons, my two brothers. Biological. I have I have more brothers and sisters than that. I'm not leaving you out, team. I'm just talking about this particular instance. Um, we got to sit with him for a week as he was in hospice in the house and just like hold his hand and be with him. Um, and as we were sitting with him and Jen and the boys came up and we we're at my brother's house and it was this like holy, intimate, intense time of watching him pass and being with him as he passed and having these incredibly intimate exchanges. And as he died, there was this realization that like death has a way of simplifying and catalyzing life like nothing else. And I remember all these things that have been stirring in Jen and I for a while I came to like a a razor sharp point and I looked across his bed, my dad's bed as he was there. And my, one of my brothers said, I'm not going to go back to the work that I was doing before. I'm going to move forward to do something different. And I looked at him and said out loud, neither am I. (laughs) They were both my brothers wide eyed. Like what? 
like us, us too. Like it's time. Like we've known that it's time to step out and go to the next thing. And, and we can't wait a day longer. Like it, it's like, it's simplified and it catalyzed. And I think, um, this season has been a giant death of like an old world. Yeah. Like a global, like a global kind of dying. Yeah. And, and there's a mourning I mean, in that. That sounds kind of insensitive since people actually died in the pandemic. So not, not in that way, but just like this global death to like a way that was. Well, that yeah. I think it's a good way to name it because it isn't insensitive. It's like a, no, I just meant that people actually died. I know. Yeah. But even when my dad died, there's such mm. an intense grief and loss and pain, but also um, insight in like this simplified sort of catalyzed life moment. It, it felt like an enlightenment sort of moment of like yeah. all of those things together, which allowed, like, I remember driving after that home because I was in my car by myself and it was this flurry of like grief meets reimagining and um it, it was such an exciting time like it like um I just think it's time to reimagine but that's that again that's hard to do the, there's a book called creative confidence um by the guys who founded IDEO um, creative design firm and they they talk about how their whole world is around helping people be creative and create new things in the world and innovate i mean they they invented the first apple mouse like these guys are legit and they say it is so hard to imagine something that doesn't exist yet and it takes all kinds of work and process and iterations and um sort of intentionality to make that happen um and I, I think it's like an invitation to step into a time like that. And, and, and the scripture speaks about death. I mean, it's the central theme of the Bible is death and resurrection. Yeah. That from death comes life. And the, it, I, it's worth naming that like, it's a weird space. Like when Jesus died, he was dead for three days in a tomb mm -hmm. before he came out of that thing. It's, it's, it's um, what's called like a liminal space, an in-between space, um, which we're going to talk more about in a few episodes. But that space in between is so weird. The old's gone. The new's not there yet. Yeah, it's disorienting. I mean, I think of like Jesus's followers after Jesus died, like they were confused. They were fearful and... Yeah, I, we're, we're in that like weird in between. Um, the New York Times calls it linquishing. They came out with this like new word, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the article just came out. Sure article Our friend Dave sent it to us. And it's like somewhere between, this is what they're naming, like this weird place that we're in, somewhere between depre depression and flourishing. Like this sense of just like that. Those are the extremes. That we're that in the kind middle. of like empty stagnation, like kind of just like bleh, the meh, like the meh <laughs> feeling that we all have, which I feel like we all kind of get that, you know, like that word just works. Yeah, I don't know. It's the, the, the in-between. Well, yeah, the, the space after something has ended and before something new begins yeah. is, is a, um, it's a strange space. It's like a death and a transition, and it's, it's actually quite disorienting. And what's really common is to want to go back as, as a first step. Yeah. Like, like the first followers of Jesus that Jen was talking about. Um, if you look in that like, book of Acts in the beginning, like they just they oh, yeah. literally keep trying to go backwards because they don't know what else to do. Um, they're waiting in that room for the, the, um, the Spirit to come in that whole story in the beginning. And, and then the Spirit comes and they're trying to move forward. But even then, like Peter has that dream in Acts about the sheet that drops and the animals in it that he's supposed to essentially go and connect with, with people that aren't Jewish. And then 
he does with this guy named Cornelius, and then the spirit comes in the same way that it had for him and his people, and then he goes back, and the other leaders are like, I'm sorry, what? Like, I know that the whole movement, Jesus said, was about incom- like inclusion and compassion and grace and like self-giving love for the healing of the world, but like not those people, not other people, not our, like they, they immediately, they, they call the church meeting. They had like a council meeting to talk about, <laughs> it's perfect. is this okay that he took that step? Because we actually are really comfortable staying right here where we were. Let's make a new council like the Jewish council and just kind of stay right here. Or you look at like the endless discussions that they have in the scripture about, well, which ones of the old law are we supposed to take and which one's okay for us not to take? And it's like they mm-hmm. got caught up in going, how do we go back or how much of the old? And it's like, it just took them a bit to find it is all before they finally actually launched out into the new thing. It's like, a, yeah. it's just normal. Yeah. I mean, I think about our own transition, like stepping out of, this thing that we led this community for 12 and a half years and we stepped out and we knew we were going to be taking a break. But I think part of it is just has been us taking like the next step and then the next step revealing the next step. And I think that's a lot of what we're going to see as we move forward. And it's like, I've been taking my boys to, to work out with me this summer a little bit. And, um, as they're working out, learning how to do like back squats Man, if you haven't done that, it it make it's like if you take a funny step, you could fall down. I call it baby deer legs. And so it's like they have baby deer legs everywhere they go. So I'll walk up and like poke up in the leg and they'll just collapse. And it it's almost like that in a transition of this magnitude where you kind of got baby deer legs as you take your first steps and you're just figuring it out. And it's really normal to want to go back, but um yeah, and I think there's a power in in naming the feeling. Like I love that they named it this languishing thing. But I almost say, like, let's reclaim it. Like, let's maybe we need to rename it. Like, let's get yeah. out of the meh. <laughs> let's reframe yeah. that. And 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 rename it. And I think this is like a rather than maybe languishing, we're we're reimagining. Like we yeah. have this opportunity to reimagine. And while there's a power in being honest about all the that we've lost, and I think that we need to really grieve and feel the feelings. You know what I mean? Like let your let ourselves go there. There is things, change is hard no matter what. Even if there's good change in the thing that you're stepping into, even if it's a better thing, it's still hard. And so to grieve and be honest about, about it, but then now like as we move through that, let's let's like grab hold of this thing and, and rename it, reclaim yeah. it. I love that. From languishing to reimagining. I mean, yeah. it's hopeful. It's, yeah. it's, it's good. And, and I think it's true that like, the spirit of God's always moving everything forward. Spirit needs form and form is always impermanent. And the spirit's doing a new thing right now. And it isn't doom and gloom, but it's like front row seats to a new world, a new thing, mm-hmm. a new space. Yeah. That I'm excited to take baby deer steps into. <laughs> front row seats that we're like also like in the driver's seat too. Like we get to be part of creating the thing like co-creators. Wait, which the is divine, which is like, whoa, you know, that's why I say like the privilege. I feel so privileged to be, that's, get to be part of that. That's what we've been doing with our lives since before and stepping out um, into this new world for us. And we're, we're, it's like, you have this, this moment, like, like we got to do this where once we stepped out of the church, I mean, we had to put it on the table. Oh yeah. We put, 
<laughs> he's looking at me like finish my sentence but you i don't tell know the story. i don't know where you're going with this we yeah i mean we put it all on the table we we're now we're slowly putting pieces back on which has been fun but i think yeah we just this had is a, chance a fresh to opportunity like, for all of us well it's just this unique moment where we got to reimagine our entire lives as a whole as a family where do we want to live what do we want to do where are we going to be how are we going to do it what's that going to look like um and i think that's like kind of the opportunity for everybody yeah and we're actually going to be leading people through an experience where you can look at your life and reimagine your own life and we're calling it the how to reimagine your life experience and i know phil already talked about this at the beginning of the episode but it's really just going to be taking what we've experienced in the last, you know, year or so. And it's going to be really practical and hopefully really fun and a chance for you to kind of just put everything on the table and go, what do I want for my life moving forward? So we would love to have you there. You can register for that at philandjenwood.com. And thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check out our website, philandjenwood.com to register for upcoming experiences and to see what else is going on. And if you enjoyed this, feel free to subscribe. You can even leave a review. Keep going. See you next time.